0: This episode of the Prairie Track and Field podcast is brought to you by Cedic Run. Our podcast encourages you to shop small and to shop local this holiday season. If you're looking for Christmas presents, be sure to swing into SDR. Gifts like shoes, track spikes, running apparel, nutrition products, and the recovery equipment like the super cool Hypervolt 2 can all be bought in one stop at Cedic Run. If you just need to do some window shopping, stop on in and check out everything that the store has to offer. I know that I'm going to be spending a lot of time there over the winter break, so I hope to see you there, too. And be sure to say hi. That's Cedic Run, where life and running intersect. You are listening to the first episode of our new season, which we're calling Legends. On this season, we'll be interviewing some of the best track and field athletes ever in North Dakota history. We wanted to kick things off with one of the best, so we reached out to Boise State head track and field and cross-country coach Corey Immels. Corey grew up in Williston, where he would go on to win 13 state titles and the prestigious Foot Locker National Cross Country Championship in 1991. He then went on to Iowa State, where he was a multiple-time All-American, broke four minutes in the mile, and was the only North Dakota, and still is the only North Dakota native to ever do that, and was a part of the 1994 National Champion Cross Country team. Cam and I agree that this is one of, if not the best, interviewing that we've done in our show's history and we're super excited that you're going to have a chance to hear it. Thank you so much for supporting the podcast. Give us a gift this Christmas season and go leave us a nice review on Apple Podcasts. Follow our social media pages and keep an eye out for our Instagram contest that's coming up. Once we reach 500 followers, we'll be doing a giveaway that you won't want to miss. I think we're currently at 496, so keep your eyes open. That's going to happen soon. Thanks again so much for your support. Now let's dive into the premiere episode of Legends. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Prairie Track and Field podcast, and welcome to our opener of season four, our Legends series. I'm your host, Ryan Enerson. And I'm your other host, Cameron Rail. And today we are with our first guest of the new season. He's from Williston, where he was a 13 time state champion. He went on to run at Iowa State, where he was a six time All American. And he has the title of North Dakota's only runner to break four minutes in the mile. He now coaches at Boise State. Welcome to the podcast. Corey Immels.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, thanks so much for hopping on. Now, before we even get started with questions about, you know, your career and every all your accomplishments and where you're at now. I just want to know, did you spend this last weekend in Boston with the squad?
1: I didn't. I, I, I was I, and I may never travel again because we, we killed it. So I, I may be uh, I may be at home the rest of the season. Um, yeah. <laughs> my, my daughter actually had she was in the Nutcracker and I missed so much during the, you know, during the cross country season. And I felt like this was a, a good chance to give my assistant some, uh, autonomy and not have me there. And, uh, they did a heck of a job. It was, it was awesome to, um, I was in the nutcracker with my phone and checking results and, uh, and trying to watch a little bit of the, the action. So, uh, I didn't travel, but it was exciting to watch from afar and it gives you a little bit of a perspective. My wife always complains about, uh, the terrible coverage of whoever's covering the meat and how they don't know what they're talking about. And so, um, I get first, I got firsthand knowledge of that this weekend. So it was a, it was a good perspective.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, we were pretty excited. Uh, North Dakota boy, Hunter Lucas running yeah. the PR in the three K. So yeah,
1: long time coming. I mean, like he, he, he's been, he's had a great fall. Um, and you know, our, our cross country season didn't really end the way we wanted it to end. And, uh, we just had a, we have a bunch of guys we have a bunch of really good guys and, and and he's one of them and and just didn't really get a chance to compete those last couple of meets of the season as the cross country rolled around but um really excited I actually was able to catch most of his race online and um aggressive I thought he was going to be aggressive um obviously coach Placench did a great job with him over the last you know four years and um unfortunately you know we were able to uh to get him after, you know, everything that's going on in Minnesota and, um, you know, I recruited him the first time around, didn't get him the first time, but, uh, was able to get him, you know, the second time around. So excited about, um, it, my, actually my daughter told me today, cause she, she's, uh, uh, high 10 dot jazzy on Instagram. She's follows you guys now, but she, she asked me, she's like, you're the only person from North Dakota to run sub four. And I was like, well, wouldn't it be really cool if, if, if Hunter is the, is the second. And, uh, and I think he's, I think he's definitely capable of doing that indoors.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he had a heck of a season last year running 4-0, you know, whatever, you know, multiple times. And, you know, I think consistency is a huge marker when, or like, is really important, like a, an important indicator of when you're ready for a breakthrough or when there's like a, a big, big improvement coming. So, yeah, we're we're excited to see him him do his thing. It's, you know, a lot of people who are our age, when they hear that you're the only Uh, North Dakota to have broken four in the mile, it's surprising to them because, you know, Jake Langang is kind of, you know, the big, the big, you know, recruit, the big star from, from our era. Um, And so it's a surprise to to them that, oh, well, didn't Jake ever do it, but he always, you know, was 3K, 5K. Um, And so I don't know if he just, I think he ran something like 340 something in, in the 15, probably a 1500 meter equivalent, but.
1: Yeah, I, I probably
2: done. I think I owe him
1: some money because he was uh when he was at Oregon he uh, uh had a pretty good miler um he would have been a junior or senior I think and we were up at Dempsey and uh somehow he got roped into pacing and and so we were you know we are both from North Dakota so we all you know we would always and I rec- I tried to recruit him um and he uh I, I don't know we made I made some co- off off color comment I was like oh if you if you take my guy through well and he qualifies for nationals, I'll, you know, I'll, 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 I owe you five bucks or 10 bucks or whatever it was. Yeah. And, uh, I think he ended up pacing him through like 1200 meters. My guy ran three fifty seven, So clearly he could have broken for me. Mi- I mean, clearly yeah. I mean, he, yeah. he stepped off the track cause like, he probably ran the three K before or something, but, um, yeah, I mean, there's been a, you know, I mean, it, a lot of it is not so much now today, but like a lot of it's opportunity. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. I think there's more opportunities now. Um, with the way things are set up, but you know, back in the day, like, you know, you only get so many chances to run the mile, you know, indoors and, and there's less opportunities outdoors. So it, 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 that is, it is interesting for sure. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So like growing up, did you think that you would be capable of running that fast or like at what age did you know that you liked running? It was something that you wanted to pursue and something that you could see yourself being really good at.
1: Uh, Yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, you know, I, I wanted to play college basketball. I think that was, you know, you know, when I, growing up in North Dakota, you know, it's cold out, so you know, you're either out front with gloves on shooting baskets or you're inside shooting baskets, and um, that's probably what you know, you know, when I was probably a sixth, seventh grader, that's probably, you know, I, I thought I was going to be able to, you know, play at North Carolina and play college basketball. <laughs> you know, I, I got the height, but I probably didn't have as much ability as I probably needed to to get to get to that level, but. Uh, you know, I, I was really fortunate to grow up where I grew up. I mean, I think, you know, you read a lot about um, people that, you know, grow up in certain places during certain times. And it's just, it's just, it's, it's, you're fit to to do what you're able to do because of the environment you're in. And I think for me, I think, you know, I was, uh, you know, Rob Heen was a, uh, uh, you know, seventh at Foot Locker when I was a seventh grader. So, like, mm-hmm. that's when I first started running. Um, I did it to, you know, I was going to play. I was going to run my seventh grade year and play football my eighth grade year. Um, Cause I was pretty athletic and did a lot of different things growing up, played baseball, basketball, football, whatever. Um, and then, you know, had that experience where you, you know, as you know, growing up in North Dakota, it's like you got on the bus at, you know, four in the morning in Williston and you drove to Bismarck and you were on the bus all day and you were able to be on the bus with the, the varsity kids. And, and, and Rob was, was really good. And, um, you know, I think that's, uh, was kind of my first uh you know I, I don't know if i i fell in love with it right away I, I think i knew i was really good at it right away and i well i wasn't really good at it actually um but i knew i could be good if i worked hard at it i i mean i i was you know you know clinton used to always say you know i wasn't even the best seventh grader when i started so and i wasn't um but i i, I knew if i worked really hard i could get really good and i think um I, it was really set up for me. I mean, I, I, all I had to do was follow along. I mean, I had, you know, at the time, you know, Rob was really good. Brian Mullen was really good after him. And then, um, there was a bunch of, a bunch of kids after that, that were really good. So, um, and then Clint was an, a fantastic coach. So, uh, you know, to grow up in a town of 13,000 people at the time and to have that, that caliber of a coach and, um, you know, it was, and and they enabled me to do, I mean, I played lots of different sports. I played baseball until I was a freshman. I played basketball until I was a junior. Um, Didn't really, uh, didn't really get pressure to, to to not do one or the other and um, had some really good basketball coaches along the way. And, and I think all that was, was good groundwork for what I thought I could do as, as I, uh, as I got older. And I think each year you just, I mean, each year you, you you get a little have a little success and then you're like well I you know I think I can be so much better than that and then um, then you get to a certain point when um, you know when I was got to be a junior or senior where yeah I probably I, I don't know if I ever consciously thought um, about running sub four but I mean I think I knew I wanted to run at a high level um, I knew I wasn't going to play basketball at North Carolina so I had to, I had to figure something else out
2: yeah what. Uh, what do you think made coach Chamberlain such a good coach?
1: Well, he's like, I mean, I was saying this to somebody the other day. I, I don't know if it was a recruit or another coach or he's probably hands down the best coach I've ever been around. I mean, like X's and O's and really able to. Um, it, he, he just had a, a, a good knack for no one. Um what people needed and, and how to go about it. And each season was a little different. I mean, he had his system and he had, he had his charts and I still have the charts and he, you know, I still use like the foundation for everything I, I've done as a coach is based off what, what, you know, what I experienced as a high school athlete. And I, I, he was one, you know, he wasn't uh he probably wouldn't survive very long in today's world, where you have to, you know, you have to be everybody's friend, and you have to get so many people out, and you have to yeah. have the numbers, and and it, you have to be on Instagram, and have to do all this stuff. Like, I, I think I figured out right away, and it was probably a little bit my my upbringing. Um, he's pretty blue collar, um, you know, ex marine. Um, I, I I just knew right away that uh, even though he would piss me off a lot and say things that would really get me fired up like if if i bought into what he said and i did what he told me to do i was going to be really good and, and i mean back in back during that time period i mean we had i mean you can go back and look but between rob and brian and myself and then jory after me uh and he was a few years after me obviously because i coached him in college but like we had a number of individual state champions um didn't have very many state team champions but uh I think that's a little product of, of, of who he was as a coach. It was, it was, you had to, you were going to get to a really high level, but you had to really, uh, you kind of had to be tough-skinned and you had to be um, ready to get to work. And um, there's really no BS. And it was just like, you know, it's just, uh, I think that's just kind of who he was and, and what he was about. And um, it was a lot of fun. There's a lot of stories. Um, but I, I think that's, that's everybody's high school experience, right? I mean, everybody yeah. has has that experience, but I, I think he's a, uh, he's a, he's a special dude, man. He's a, uh, he's a character for sure. And, um, I, I, you know, I laugh cause my, my sister sent me a picture of him at my sister's son ran at the state meet this year. And well, Quint was there, man. He was decked out in his, his usual garb and he was at the meet. And so pretty exciting to see for me, like to see, um, and you know, life ran for me and, and Jory ran for me yeah. and, um, you know, I, Shane's done an awesome job with that program, and and I know there's a, another a women's coach too, but they've done a fantastic job. You know, but there's there's Clint Chamberlain's fingerprints all over that thing, so um, yeah. it's kind of fun for me as an old guy to sit back and watch that, see
0: see them have that success. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's funny that you mentioned like he's at the state meet because I think there's a number of old time coaches that are there. Like I know in Grand Forks, like the name is Ken Holgerson, like he's he's been around and he's still, it's always at the meets and you, you can hear his comments wherever you're sitting. And, and, you know, it's just fun to see like the legacy that those guys have built. But like you yeah. said, how it's the blueprints are all over what they did.
1: Yeah. I, I feel really fortunate. Like, um, you know, you guys are in a different era than I'm in, but like, like if I look back at the time that I was, that I was running in North Dakota, I mean, um, I was trying to think of some of the today, cause I knew it would come up. Uh, you know, you had Rush Michael at Jamestown. You had um, Jerry Pop at Bowman. You had um, Jerry Schwartz at Dickinson. Um, there was a, the, the coach of mine that was really good friends with Clint. I can't think of his name. I, I was trying to think of it earlier today, but he was really successful in the seventies. Um, it was, you know, he had gentlemen at, 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 he was at Mandan when I was in high school and ended up being at Bismarck and then Daryl was at Bismarck just retired. Um, there was like there were and, and it was kind of for me, it was uh I, I feel like I said, I, I hate to keep using that word, but I feel really fortunate because during that time, you know, and I, I had some success at the national level as a junior and then onto a senior and we would get on the bus and we would drive, you know, all those coaches and, and all the kids from North Dakota would go to, to Kenosha for the, the Midwest, you know, regional all together and and all those coaches, like, you know, they were just as excited about my success as as they were about their own kids. And it was just, it was, you know, once the season was over, you know, we all got on that bus and we went to Wisconsin and we were, you know, we were all rooting for each other. And, you know, maybe that was just the time period and just, you know, the way it was at that time, but um, pretty, pr- pretty awesome to be around that, that number of good coaches at that, that one time. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And like, speaking of the foot locker. so I found another interview that you had done. I think it might've been with Nate Peterson. Uh, he runs the like North Dakota runner account and, You said in that interview that your favorite high school memory was winning the Foot Locker National Championship, and um, I guess the year on that was 1991, and, like, that race has so much prestige and, you know, names like Dathan Ritzenheim and, like, some more recent ones, Drew Hunter, Grant Fisher, Cole Hawker. Just, like, tell us about that experience. It was probably your first time getting, like, a lot of exposure on the national scene. I'm sure that opened up a lot of doors recruiting-wise.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, I was I was lucky to to obviously, you know, when as a junior and had a little had, I had a little experience and I was I think I was 13th as a junior. So I, I kind of knew what I was I was getting myself into when I when I went back to senior. Um, you know, back then I, I sound like an old man. Back then, you know, <laughs> uh but, but it was it was the only national championship. There was no Nike National. There was no, it was just it was Full Locker. So, and they only took 8 and it was 8 from each region. Um, so there was only 32 in the final. Um, and I knew my senior year, I mean, like I, like, I just go back to coaching. I mean, I was, it, it, we were dialed in. Like he had, like, I, I was really, really prepared. And, and, and in hindsight now as a coach, like it was pretty unfair. I mean, like I was so much more prepared than anybody else probably going into that thing. I, I was telling a story the other day to somebody um, about, I remember warming up the day before and they, you know, the footlocker has always done a really, and they still do today. They, they do a really good job of putting the, you know, it, it's an event, right. And they, they take you and they do all these different things. And mm-hmm. um, so, you know, Clint's standard pre-meet day before the race is, you know, you want warm up, run the course and you, you run the, you, you know, you build up in the last mile, last miles of the, of the course, you know, I'm going to be running, you know, like five minutes, five Oh five, you know, like because we haven't done anything since Tuesday. It's like, You had to get that engine revved and we're going to do pretty. And then after that, we did like six to eight strides. And I remember I'm on the course doing it and nobody else is doing anything hard. Right. And, uh, get done with that. And I'm doing my strides. And, uh, one of the head people comes over and they're like, Hey, Corey, you know, the race is tomorrow. Right. And I'm like, yeah, I'll be, I'll be fine. I'm I'm okay. So like I, we were dialed in, we knew what we were doing. We had everything kind of, kind of marked out. We had a a great race plan and, and it worked to perfection. Um, and that's, you know, that's coaching. I mean, like Clint, Clint had me, you know, we may are going to make a move, you know, down the downhill at a, just after a mile and run a 60 second quarter through that, through that period and drop the field and then see what happens. And, and that's, that's kind of what we did. And I mean, I, I literally ran the last half of the race by myself because nobody went with me and it was like, it was over. So, um, but that's, you know, that was, that was, that was Clint's plan. I mean, that's, we had been there before and we had, seen it happen and knew what we needed to do. And, um, I just had to go out and execute it and, uh, was able to do that. And, um, you know, it's one of those things where it's, uh, you know, right time, right place, you know, prepared well. Um, and you kind of seize the moment and have some success and, um, but it's, it, it's fun to look back on and, and obviously, uh, uh, proud of that achievement for sure.
2: Yeah. At that point, did you, have your plans in place to go to Iowa State or are you still in the recruiting process
1: yeah that's changed a lot in years or how many years it's been like uh, I always tell this to recruit um, my coach would have killed me if I would have said I was going on a recruiting visit during the season like that wouldn't happen <laughs> like there's no way you're, you're going where and if you've gone for how long now you're not doing that like that's not that's not an option um, I didn't even like it wasn't it was less of a thing back then to make an early decision, but like, I think I just knew better. Like I, I just knew better than that. that, that that's not going to roll with plant. Like that's not gonna, that's not going to happen. Um, yeah, I was it, like, I was being recruited really heavily through the fall. I mean, it was nonstop because I was the top returner coming back. I was 13th and I think I was the second. I, I might've been the top returner. So, um, but I, I hadn't taken any visits. So I, I hadn't even, I'm not sure I'd even decided where I was going to visit, so I was pretty wide open still at that point. I mean, I made a narrative down a little bit, but um, I didn't really know kind of where I was going to go. But um, yeah, so um, that that probably wasn't very smart on my end because then you go and you win, and it complicates things even more. So yeah. um, that probably wasn't the smartest decision at that time.
0: Yeah. So for a- going to Iowa State, another legendary coach, Bill Bergen, and I did a little bit of research before this, but I mean, I'm going to ask you, cause you had the firsthand experience did having another legendary coach to go train under after you had the coach, uh, after you had the chance with coach Chamberlain, did that sway your decision or like what really sealed the deal for you to go down to Ames?
1: Yeah. So I, so I, you know, I, 30 years so I can tell I can say where I was looking so I I I I boiled it down to four schools um uh I I visited Nebraska Jay Dirksen was the coach The time he's now retired um good friend uh he's South Dakota native so um he knew he knew he knew Jerry Schmeichel really well or Rush Schmeichel really well um so there's some North Dakota connection there South Dakota North Dakota connection there um John Capriati recruited me at Kansas State he was at Kansas State but before he got he got fired a year later and then ended up being head of track and field at nike so he was a really good recruiter we really hit it off um obviously he's 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 been in the media quite a bit recently but uh good dude we really got along uh he's been really good to me through the years um interesting character for sure um and then uh iowa state obviously coach bergen recruited me and then my last visit uh was a University of Oregon. So uh Bill Dillinger recruited me. Mm. Um and that was that was that was pretty awesome. I mean I I think I'll tell the story about my recruiting visit to Oregon and then you're gonna ask me why I went to Iowa State and then I'll <laughs> tell you why I went to Iowa State. So <laughs> so when I was at Oregon, uh my dad actually went out on the he was the only visit you know my dad went with me on that visit, the only visit I had a parent go with me. And, uh, we had relatives out in the West coast that, that he visited with while we were there as well. But, uh, we went on the visit and, and, uh, Bill Dillinger's like a really like, uh, I see him every year at the Dillinger and I go up and say hello to him. And he's always, he's always really kind to me, really nice to me, but really laid back, really blue collar, everything you would think about him that you've read about is, is who he is, the true character. Um, and he picks. he, he, he shows up and he's like, um, I want to go, I'm going to take you to see somebody today. So he's like, I'll pick you up in the morning. So he picks us up, picks me up in the morning and we get in his car and he has this little sports car and we get in his sports car and we drive up to the, up the, you know, this little like ridge and, uh, uh, we get out of the car and it's, you know, it's kind of up in the, you know, the, the trees, the wooded area yeah. and it's overlooking the Willamette Valley. And. And we're walking up to the house, and I just, like, it just dawned on me, like, as we're walking up to the house, like, I'm going to meet Bill Bowerman. We're going to Bill Bowerman's house. Oh. So we, we walk into the house, and Bill Bowerman's sitting there on the, the uh, porch, just like the movie, overlooking the Willamette Valley, just like yes. they had in the movie. Mm-hmm. I can't remember, which, I can't remember which, which movie it was. And we sit down, and Barbara comes in and serves us lemonade. And I had a pair of, I'll never forget. I had a pair of, uh, cause I played basketball. I had a pair of black nightgare Jordans on. And he, he really, he's like, man, those are, those are really nice. He made a comment about my shoes. Those are really nice shoes. Not knowing really fully kind of the extent of his comment, but looking back on it, I, I, I realized kind of where he was, where he was headed with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just sat there and we had we drank some lemonade and we had a great talk. And, um, talked about oregon you talked about Prefontaine or whatever and um and then you know bill came back picked us up and we went back to the rest of the visit but uh wow. so i tell that story and everybody's like how in the heck did you not go to the university of oregon um that's a great question i don't know if i have a great answer for you yeah. um it's probably the one one thing you know not that i second guess my decision to go to iowa state i think it was a good decision um, and, and there was a lot of positive that came out of it, but it, it's one of those decisions you make in life where it's like, man, what would have happened if I'd have gone to Oregon? But, mm-hmm. um, it, Bill, Bill was the complete opposite of, of, a Bill, right? I mean, Bill, Bill Bergen was, um, a, a, a fantastic recruiter, uh, a people person. Um, my, when my wife met, met my college coach for the first time, I she was like, well, what, what's he like? And I'm like he's just going to make you feel like you're really important. He's going to make you feel really special even though there's going to be 100 people in the room. And he just had a good knack of uh it, it, you know we we still talk. He's he's just a great person. He's got a kind heart. Um he's a ruthless competitor, but he's just 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 a great person and and uh, a good people person. Managed people really well. Um I think Dillinger was probably a better coach and and I say that in like X's and O's coach. I think he was maybe better at getting your ability out of you. I, I don't think I realized that at the time. I don't think I was differentiated between the two. But the one thing that stuck out for me and a little bit of it is maybe my upbringing and, and the coaching that I had in high school, we were never state champions. We, we, we came close one, one year. We had a, our number two guy. They had a death in the family and he wasn't able to run the state meet. And We'd probably win the state meet if, if he's able to run. Uh, so I really wanted to be a part of a national championship team and, um, and Bill, Bill straight up told me, he goes, Corey, he's like, if you come to Iowa state, we'll win a national championship. And, you know, I kind of asked the same question to Bill Dillinger and, you know, Bill was at the end of his career, Dillinger was at the end of his career and there was rumors out there that he was going to retire. Um, you know, there was no message boards or anything. So you like, that was just, you know, other coaches saying, oh, he's going to retire, or, you know, whatever. So it's like, right. had no, no, no basis of it. Um, ironically, my coach ended up retiring before Bill Dillinger retired. So there you go. Um, yeah. But he just, I, I think Dillinger was at the point of his career where um, he was, he was at Oregon and he'd done everything. And it was like, whoever shows up, shows up, we'll be good. Whoever shows up, you know, I'm not yeah. gonna, I'm not going to waste my, you know, I'm not going to, kind of like how he, when he was recruiting pre I mean, like, I don't think he, until they put the, you know, the, how the story goes, they put the the letter on the paper. It's like, he was kind of nonchalant about it. And I think that was just, just who he was. So um, I think what really sold me on Iowa state was, um, you know, winning a team championship. I wanted to be a part of something like that. And uh, I really felt like um, we could get it done. Um, and uh, it was maybe a little bit, um, now I'm living in the West coast and probably a liberal hippie. So I maybe would have fat fit in pretty well in Oregon, but staying in the Midwest was probably, probably a pretty good, pretty good thing. When I was, you know, 18 years old, it was probably a pretty easy transition for me to go to Iowa state.
2: Yeah. Talk us through that national championship team, 1994, uh, you were a part of that national championship team. What do you remember most about that season, and what made that team special, aside from winning, of course?
1: Yeah, I, I think um, it, it, you know we were we were a pretty good group as far as like we you know we're, we were a pretty tight group as far as just like how we we got along well, and and, and I think uh, we we had you know the, the the previous year we we had we. We had been, th- we were third at nationals and that was my first time running at cross country nationals. And I was a red shirt freshman and I think I was 23rd. And, um, we ran okay as a group. And, um, remember going to the award ceremony, you go up, you get your trophy, you get the third place trophy. We weren't happy with a third place trophy. And, uh, we get up, they take your picture and we're all sitting there like this, you know, they take our picture and nobody's smiling. Um, we get back to the, the van or the car and coach is like, where's the trophy? And all of us are like, uh, we left it there. We don't want it. And and he's like, well, we got it. We have to take the trophy. It's the third place trophy. It's like, we're third at national. We have to keep the trophy. We don't want it. You, Coach, you can go back and get it if you want it, but we don't want it. So he had to go, he sent an assistant to go back and get it. So uh, <laughs> that was, you know, that was kind of our, you know, we, 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 we had kind of all come in together. Um, we were a little scattered. We had a couple guys um our number 1 guy was a little bit older um you know uh number 2 came in after me and i was the third guy um and number 4 and 5 uh 4 was a year older than maybe a couple years older than me and then 5 was came in about the same time i did so we were all kind of about the same same time frame and um that fall um we were ranked in the top 5 i don't know i don't think we were ranked number 1 coming into the season but we had a recruit, um, Ellwood Bargantuni, and you can look him up. He ran um, at the time the the world the world record for the chase was, uh, I think, seven fifty nine or eight flat, and he had run eight oh three that summer.
0: Those mm. people,
1: and and he so he come, he's our recruit. So we have a national championship team. We're adding this guy in, and um, our first workout. I'm telling you, man, like the dude was a real deal. Like we were, we were doing K's and it was like, we got to like eight or nine and coach looked at us and like, let's pick it up. These last couple. And it, it was over. Like we would like, we just like, this guy's way better than any of us. Like, yeah. and at that point we just knew it's like, we're winning. We're, we're an ass chance. Like we don't even like, we don't have to really try like <laughs> he's going to win. And we just needed, needed four other guys to get across the line. We'll, we'll be fine. Um, well, he, it, you know, the internet had just started. <laughs> I'm dating myself again. Internet had just started. Message boards were just, you know, it wasn't let's run. It was something else. Was it die Stat? No, it was something before that. It was, um, yeah, somebody watching will know. But, uh, <laughs> so the rumors floating around with this guy, he, he'd already made money. He was a professional and, um, uh, and he'd run really fast. And he, you know, he'd probably taken some money somewhere along, the, I mean, you don't run 803 in Europe without taking a little bit of money somewhere somewhere along the way. But he was dirt poor. I mean, he was riding a used bike. I mean, the rumors on, online were like, he was driving around Ames in a BMW. Now he had like a used bike that he got at, you know, somebody's basement someplace on campus. Like he had no money. Uh, and it just got to the point where, um, you know, life kind of comes full circle john cap rowdy who recruited me is now at nike um and it just got to the point where coach was just like you know like they're gonna offer you a bunch of money they're gonna pay for your school you just you probably just need to turn pro um and so that's what he did and it's like and he was really struggling in classes and 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 kind of struggling with everything that was going on around him which was a little unfair um fast forward like 15 years later i'm recruiting in kenya and I ended up running into him at, at his house and we had dinner together and wow. you know, very successful. Mm-hmm. And so it, it all ended well, but uh, that kind of galvanized, right? I mean, it was like, here we thought on, you know, we're getting done with the workout on a Tuesday and we're like, man, we're unbeatable, beatable. And then all of a sudden that's taken away from us. It's like, well, this, us five, you know, we were five deep and we we're like, you know, we, we came in together, We've been together for a couple of years we can do it on our own i think that kind of galvanized the group then um and then i think you know i mean i think we we had um you know we just had we had enough go right during the year nobody got hurt I, you know i felt like the training was wasn't nothing spectacular but we were all pretty focused on the team and i think we wanted to do it for each other and um it was a good colorado team that we beat up on a big eight and it would have been wetmore's first year, you know, one of his first years that he was he was at Colorado so in had Goucher and Culpepper and I had a good team um and we handled it pretty easily at conference and then we um I'll never forget, you know, I was in the perfect position and I, we went I think I think we went 9 12 13 19 22. Um and I wasn't having a great day. I w- I was struggling. I wasn't feeling the greatest, but I, I remember at 8k cause I could see our number one guy just ahead of us. And I was running with the guy that ended up being our two and I was our three, we were running together. And then I turned around at one point, I think it was about eight K. Cause I was starting to struggle a little bit. And I turned around and I could see John and I could see Brookie and I was like, Oh man, we got this. Like this, we just got We just got to get to the finish line. So, but then I'll never forget, you know, I'll, I'll never forget getting, uh getting across the finish line to find a bill. And it was like, Bill, we did it. It's like, who won? And he's like, it's like oh, I don't know, Colorado was coming at the end, and I'm like, dude, we went like you know 8, 12, 13, 19. If they beat us, like there's no way they. beat us. So, um, yeah. but it, you know, we got on the plane that day, and we're you know we're we're going back on the plane, and um, he had his little tablet out and his briefcase, and he was like, okay, this is how we're gonna win next year. So, uh, it just he was just a competitor, and it was uh, um, obviously that was a it was a great moment for us as, as a group, and um, you know, he was he came through on his his recruiting promise, which is impressive in itself. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. So now turn to like an individual accomplishment a little bit more, unless Cam, did you have another question you wanted to ask there?
2: No, I'm I, that's just an awesome story. Yeah. That's all I got to say about that. So on the individual side, a lot of
0: people know you as, like we talked about earlier, the only North Dakota native to run sub four in the mile and I don't know where I read it, if it was another interview or if it was in one of your bios, one of the places you've coached or where it was, but talked about how you did it in the prelims at an NCAA meet. Just tell us, because there's nobody else from North Dakota that has this experience, what was that like to look up at the clock and it says three something instead of four oh? What just what were the emotions like? Maybe a little bit of the backstory leading up to it for that season. Talk us through it.
1: Yeah. I, I, I you know, I, I was having this conversation with an athlete on my team today and, and like I was, um, you know, I was able to accomplish, you know, you know, I I never, I don't feel like I accomplished as much as I could have in college. And I think, I think uh, I'm not going to blame Plant, but I think when you, when you have such a good coach as a high school athlete that, that is just next level. Um, like, I think I, I think I, I realized that right away. Like I, I just, he he, just the way he thought and the way he did things like bill wasn't that way like bill was a good people person he managed us really really well and he got that team together and to to buy into what we were going to do and you know even like you know uh i think it was before we the workout we did before we left for the national championship that year we won we get done with the workout and uh, you know it was it was a it was two brits a russian a north dakotan and a canyon so it was like we were the bad news bears like we were like (laughs) it was the bad news bears it was like we were misfits like but we just we just jived and we just got along and like you know two weeks before the national meet I mean like two of them were in a fist fight after practice and it was like but that was the intensity that we had you know and we just Mm. we left it but I, I remember Bill saying uh he started to uh give us a pep talk and one of the guys just stopped and was like, dude, we got to stop. Like, you don't, you don't have to tell us, we know what we're doing. We're going to, we're going to win. Like, don't worry about it. And He just kind of laughed and we moved on. Uh, but I guess my, my, po- my point, is like, like I, uh, I was really well prepared in, in high school and I feel like, you know, whether it was conscious or subconscious, maybe in college, I never really felt like I was as prepared. And so I always probably overdid things and, in high school, I just, I did what he told me to do. And I didn't think twice about it. And I Mm -hmm. think as you get older and I wanted to be really good, I'm really competitive. If coach said 10, I'll do 12, you know? And so I was either, I was either hurt or I was really fit. And in that indoor season, I was really fit. Like I was like, I was killing things. And it was like, I was probably overdoing it, but I, I, in that race in itself, it's kind of sad because it was a prelim and I felt like I was jogging and I slowed up the last 200 meters cause I was in second place. I didn't need to, and you know, I slowed up and there was another guy, Julius is who was a pretty good runner running a couple of games. He was in my heat and we were just running together to 1200 meters. And then I slowed up cause we were clear of the field. And then I looked up at the clock and I saw his time and I'm like, crap, I'm going to be like four <laughs> flat point zero one because I, I eased up so much at the end. And then it, it, it came up, 350, you know, whatever it was, 359-7. Um, and I felt like at that time I was in 355 shape. Um, I really did. And uh, the final went slow, so I didn't get a chance to run faster the next day. But um, I remember, it, like, Larry Rostin came over and interviewed me afterwards. And, you know, Larry gets a lot of flack. But um, he's a yeah. good dude. And uh, he kind of asked me the same question. And I was, I was just like, well, you know, I was just getting through the final. And he's like, wait a second here. You know, I never broke four minutes. You just broke four minutes. So I don't think I really had the – because it was a prelim and I was so focused on the final, I don't think I really got a chance to really um, enjoy it probably as much as I should have. Um, But uh, it's fun now to look back on it for sure, but uh, I probably didn't revel in it in the moment that I probably should have. So
2: Yeah, that – Man, that is that is so interesting to have your first was, – was that your only time breaking four the, mm-hmm. then? Yeah, yeah. So I'd run like first... four
1: flat like three or four times, but just right at it. And, you yeah. know, back then, like you, there wasn't – you know, I, I tell this to my team all the time and they think I'm nuts, but like you didn't get a chance to run against everybody every weekend. It was like, you know, yeah. you, you were in Ames and you were solo from, you know, 800 on out. You know, and you'd run four right. flat and be be disappointed, but um, yeah. So that uh, that that that's a product of me probably not staying healthy and and being able to run what I thought I was capable of running. Yeah, but everybody feels that way, right? Everybody gets done with their career and it's like,
2: ah, oh, I could have run faster. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I totally, I totally get that. I feel. I feel the same way, you know, just wanted to be so good or wanted to be good so bad in college that I was willing to, you know, I would tell myself, oh, I'll do anything. And, you know, doing anything ended up being doing too much and, you know, yeah. being less, fatigued. Less is more or, sometimes. Yep. 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 So still trying to still trying to find it a little bit, but I think I'm emphasizing a little bit too much on the less right now. So, but <laughs> Uh, so <laughs> anyway, uh so after college, you had a chance to run professionally. We honestly we couldn't find like a whole lot about your pro career, uh, but you ran for Nike. Uh so just tell us about, you know, after after college, what what that part yeah, of your it was, running it was a career struggle. was like.
1: there's not much to find. I mean, it was a struggle to to, to stay afloat, to just stay healthy. And um, you know, we got pretty fit before the two thousand Olympic trials, and that's I was living in Boise at the time and that's kind of where, where the, you know, I had a first opportunity to kind of, kind of be here and train and, um, got really fit that, that winter. And then, um, my, my nemesis, my Achilles, uh, kind of, kind of went and that was, that was it. I mean, that after that, I was like, I was, I was out of commission and, and, uh, uh you know with my my girlfriend at the time my now wife was like well you got to do something with your life and i didn't really want to do anything i just wanted to just keep keep being a bum but um so that's you know i was at you know she was running the 2000 olympic trials i was hurt and that's when i um i just sent you probably won't believe the story but i just i went i went to the uh i actually this is a true story i uh so i was in boise i was hurt i was i was not a happy camper um my wife was getting ready for the trials. um I had decided since I c- couldn't run that I was going to go to Europe for the summer and just hang out with my buddies that I ran with in college and she's like well before you go you need to you need to figure out what you're going to do with rest your life so I was like well I might want to coach or do something like that because you know I had my teaching degree um so I thought well if I go and get my master's then I at least you know, if I start teaching, I'll 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 be up the pay scale a little bit. And yeah. so I went to the, the this is a true story. I went to the I didn't know anybody in the Boise State athletics department, and I just I went into the Boise State athletics department and I just went to the secretary in the office and I said, this is pre like you know the internet was just you know in, in, in empathy in, empathy and I was like I was like went to the secretary and I was like. I know you have a book that has all the addresses of all the universities in the country. Can I borrow that book for like 20 minutes? <laughs> and I have yes. no idea who the lady was at the, at, the, at the secretary of the front desk, but she was so kind. Cause she's like, sure. And she, she knew exactly what I was talking about. Gave me the book. I don't even know if they make it anymore. Um, it was still out when I was first coaching. So here I am in the Boise state athletic, athletic department writing down, not Boise state. Like I was, going through the names of coaches that I didn't know that I thought do a good job and I wrote down 12 names and I sent out 12 letters saying um you know I want to I want to coach um do you have an opportunity I just did a form letter you know essentially to make my girlfriend happy I put them in the mail and then I I went to Europe for the summer (laughs) and I, I I heard back from one and and uh it was uh Walt Durant that uh, he, at the time, he was at uh, Arizona State, and he he emailed me back. And by this point, I'm in Europe, so I've already checked out. And he's yeah. like, "I might ha- I might have a spot. I might not have a spot." Um, and he was kind of nonchalant, which is total Walt. Um, and I didn't know Walt from Adam. I just I just always had heard his name, right? He was at Central Michigan. It was really good. He was at William and Mary. he was really good there. Um, there was a, there was a really good 1500 meter run that I ran against in college at William and Mary that made Brian Hyde that made the Olympics. I think he was collegiate record holder for a while. I knew he had coached him. Um, so we had no connection at all. He knew who I was. I knew who he was. Um, and then that was kind of it. That's kind of, I heard from a couple other people, but nobody, nobody else. And, um, so then I, I was in Europe all summer and then Uh, Michelle ran it. My wife ran in the Olympic trials and, uh, she, uh, she ran into Walt, or they, they, they were able to see each other. And she's like, I think I'm going to have a position for Corey in the fall if he wants it. So, so Michelle's like, yeah, he's going to do it. So I, I showed, I showed up to Arizona state with, I wasn't in school. Uh, you know, we didn't have a place to live. I had no money. I spent all my money in Europe. Uh, I owed people money. And, you know, we just, we moved to, to Tempe and, and Walt took me in and, um, really, I mean, like, uh, Walt, you know, he, I I owe a lot to him as far as, and that's a, the whole other story, but, uh, you know, he was able to give me my first shot in coaching and, and, uh, you know, that, you know, that, that was an opportunity that he didn't need to give me, he didn't know me. Um, and, uh, you know he he probably bucked the trend by, by hiring me a little bit, but it was it, it turned out good
0: man. so you know you've had a couple head coaching stops now back at Iowa State. you were there for was it five years, six years that you were at Iowa state as uh, a
1: head coach? Uh, yeah, about five six seven years yeah, his head coach, yeah, about okay. five years as assistant
0: yeah okay, and then I think I read on your bio today that this is your eighth year at Boise State, and so just kind of pulling from all these really great coaches that you've had the chance to work with now at Boise what would you say is the culture that you tried to build as a head coach
1: yeah I think I think you take um I think you just you know this is very cliche but I, I mean I think you take a little bit from everybody obviously um I, I would say I'm probably I'm brutally honest which gets me in a lot of trouble a lot of times, and, and that. that that comes from Clint. I mean, Clint was always brutally honest with me, and I really appreciated that. I want, you know, I wanted to know, uh, I wanted to know what I needed to do. I wanted to know how, how can I get to to where I can open up opportunities for myself. And and he was always very honest with me with that. Um, you know, obviously, you know that 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 comes out a lot. I think because um, that's you know your foundational years when you're, you know, when you're growing up and you're you're in high school, you're 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 taking so much of that in. So I think. Uh, You know, I think that this. You know, Bill always. You know, Bill. Bill had very few rules at at Iowa State. I mean, his only rule was the Golden Rule: treat others as as you want to be treated. And I think that's that's something I fall back on a lot. I think you know, I mean, it's like you never know what somebody else is going through, and it's and it's really hard when you're a college coach and you've got a bunch of 18 to 22, 23 year olds, and they're all going through something, and they're all coming from different backgrounds. And I think you have to uh, you have to treat them all a little differently. You, You can be fair but it's not going to be equal. And and that's really hard. And I think that's something that he did a really good job of that. I probably don't do as well as he did, but it's something that I think those experiences, you know, I I come back on it and, you know, I I touched on Walt. I mean, I think Walt, he just retired. Um, He taught me how to be a coach. I mean, like I learned so much in my two years there at at Arizona state. Um, He's passionate. He's, he, he does things the right way. Um, he, he knows how to get the most out of his athletes. Um, he cares for the athletes. Um, but when I was at Arizona State, I had, you know, like I was really, <laughs> use the word fortunate again, but when I was there, Darrell Anderson was the sprints coach. He's the director at Texas or at uh, um, TCU. Um, Dave Dumble, who's maybe the best throws coach in the country, he was the throws coach when I was there. Um, and then Greg Kraft was the head coach, and, he, you know, he won three or four national titles at arizona state um so like just being in that room and i you know i was just like i had somebody pull me aside an older coach that was older than me when i first got started he goes i can't believe you're in that room he's like you got to take a tablet and just write down stuff every day and just keep track of all the stories and um i didn't do it i should have done it but Mm. like there's there's still things that you know there's there's still stories and there's still things that you you, you fall back on from that time period because i was just trying not to get yelled at like i was just like you know i was trying to get people coffee get them water like donuts whatever you needed i just i didn't want i didn't want them to know i was there unless there was something that needed to be done and and it was um you know i i think you you hear about that a lot you know it's like i i, I I put my time in there and I think it was probably, you know, it was the best thing for me. I mean, I needed that, you know, I needed that two years there, just kind of just grinding and just, you know, not really being paid attention to and just trying to get done with whatever needs to get done. Um, so that, you know, that time period was, was, was really good. Um, and just, just, you know, I, I don't have a, I guess I, I like to say I don't have a lot of friends, but I don't, I don't have a lot of friends in the coaching world, but the friends that I do have in the coaching world um, have been really, really good mentors. And, and that's why, um, you know, I, I think it's important to pay it forward. And, 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 you know, I was given so many opportunities along the way that maybe I didn't deserve at the time, but was given it anyway. And, and, you know, you just, you're really thankful for those experiences.
2: So a bit more, bit of a more like fun question. Uh, if you had to pick like a Mount Rushmore, a top four of uh, let's do let's do the best athletes that you've coached and uh, the <laughs> top four favorite athletes that you've coached. Because because I mean, you've coached a lot of top tier talent. Try and get, in, so. we,
1: we would always try to get my college coach to answer this question, like, who's the best athlete you ever coached? Yeah. <laughs> we knew it wasn't, I knew it wasn't me. And you know, Yo Bess best on DQ was the first guy to break 27 minutes. I mean, like there was so many guys that he coached and he would never, he would never ever say what he thought. Um, so Mount Rushmore the, so what, what was most talented or most said again?
2: Yeah. Yeah. So best, the best you could, you could interpret best as most talented, uh, but then also your favorite, favorite athletes to coach.
1: Um, wow. How many, how many listeners do you guys have? How many people are going to be ch- tuning into this? I don't want to, I don't want to make some people mad. Um, <laughs> you know, I, 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 I've been, you know, obviously fortunate to, to to coach a lot of really good guys and gals. Um, I mean, Lisa's a collegiate record holder. Um, you know, she, that stood for, I mean it's over 10 years now and a couple of years into the fast shoes and it's still and it's it's still there. So yeah, that's a that's a that's a that's it's a pretty fast fast time. Uh and I had actually she ran 3118 and I had another athlete on 3115. Uh Betsy ran 3115 um when she mm-hmm. redshirted her, her junior year and then came back her senior year and just did get the race to run fast. She ran 3130, I think the second time. Um uh Betsy ran sub 30 minutes for 10 K. So yeah. those, Betsy and Lisa got to be on there. Cause they're just, you know, they just, they, they were really, really, really high level. Um, uh, another guy that I coached that was just really fun to coach that, um, uh, it, it was a Kenyan athlete, David were and he was, mm-hmm. um, second in incident while indoors. And, uh, you know, I was pretty young at the time. I mean, I don't know how old he was. I don't know if officially he knows how old he is, but we were probably the same age when I was coaching him. So we were, we had a good yin and yang going together and we were pretty competitive with each other. And uh, his senior year, um, he was really fit. And he ended up, that spring, he ended up running 146 and he ran 359 indoors, I think, second at nationals indoors. But leading up to the national meet, he, um, we were at the conference meet and at the time Christian Smith who made the Olympic team was in our conference and he was the, uh, I think he was the collegiate record holder for a thousand meters and big, 12, big eight, big 12 has a thousand meters. Mm-hmm. And so we're leading into the conference meet and I, I, you know, back to my Clint Chamberlain honesty, Gene, I was like, Hey, David, you can't beat Christian Smith. I was like, he's going to beat you over 1200 meters or a thousand meters. He's going to beat you. Like he's got the collegiate record. I don't think you can beat him. And I, and I had a high, like, I'd seen him work out. I mean, I know he's really, really good, Uh-oh. David. And, and I think that kind of pissed him off that I said that to him, which, you know, fair enough. It probably should have. Um, <laughs> yeah. But he was adamant. He's like, coach, I'm going to run the thousand. And I was like, you can win the mile. And I said, and I think you can run sub four minutes and you're going to get the national. Like, you're going to run the thousand. You're going to get second. And then... You know, you're not you're not going to the Nationals in a 1,000 because it's not an event. And yeah. so we went round and round and round and round. And I was a pretty young coach, and I was probably fighting him on it more than I should. Probably learned from that moment that, you know, if you have an athlete that thinks they're a 5K runner and they want to run the 15, it's like you, sometimes you just got to give in and be like, you're going to have to figure this stuff out on your own. Like, uh, I, I'm not going right. to be able to talk you out of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we go to the Big 12. He's running the 1,000. I give in. Gets beat by Christian Smith. So uh, I'm a little pissed, but like (laughs) he still still ran like 222 or 221 or 220. I can't remember what the record was, but they both ran really fast. And so we get we get back to Ames and I'm like, next week we have we have a last chance meet. And I was like, all right, dude, like you're running the mile this week. No questions asked. You're running the mile. So um, he he qualifies. So he, he gets to national. And then we get the Nationals, and it's, it's – he should have probably won. I think he could have beat – Christian Smith won. And I think he could have won the race, but he just – he he was a little too far. He was a little too nonchalant, a little too far. And it was just – that's completely his – it was who he was. And that's why I loved Coach him because he was just – it just used to grind my gears because he was just so nonchalant about everything. So he gets second at Nationals. And, you know, we're pretty jacked up. Like, he wasn't even – Nobody was talking about him at all. He gets second, almost wins. Mm-hmm. After the meet, we get done. We're all both excited, whatever. And we're talking. And he goes, he's like, "Hey, coach." I was like, "Yeah." And he goes, "You know why I wanted to run the thousand meters at conference?" And I was like, "Here we go." I was like, "No, why did you want to run the thousand meters at conference?" He's like. Because I wanted to beat your school record, and I was like, "You son of a like, see, my school record of the <laughs> yeah. like, you could have told me that from the from the start. I've been like, "All right, you, yeah, fair enough. That's a good reason. Go beat my record." Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he would probably be on there. Um, uh, Jory Zunick's probably on there too. I mean, like Jory was just one of those athletes that, um, obviously, a North Dakota kid. Um, I was. You know, I remember him, I, you know, I would go back in the summer times and, and coach T-ball. Um, and, uh, you know, he was, he was just a youngster when, you know, when I was in, in college going back and coached, so, and, and knew the family and, and, and Joy was always uh, somebody that um, really bought into what we were doing, um, had, had a pretty good connection there. And I think he was, he was, he was fun to uh, he kind of got that thing going for us at Iowa state. It was a good group there when he was there and, um so he would be on there um and you know I, the, the, there's you know there, there's tons of athletes that, that you know that that have come and gone I mean uh, Megan Nelson was one that was really fun to coach uh Megan Lacey was somebody that I had here that's still running post-collegially she I think she just ran the world mountain running championships she transferred here from Stanford, got her degree at Stanford then came here as a grad student and um, but just a really fun athlete to be around somebody that was, um, uh, you know, somebody that you want, you know, you want your, your daughter to grow up to be like, so just really positive and smart and just really had the head on their shoulders and, and doing things the right way. Um, but you know, anytime you have success as a coach, it's because you have a great group of athletes and, and there's, there's been a ton of them um, I'm, I'm, I'm probably blinking on some, some guys and gals that I probably should be talking about, but I, I can't think about of the top of my head
0: yeah and then like do you have any other like favorite stories like if somebody asks you just like what's the funniest thing or coolest thing that's happened that you like haven't touched on yet
2: um
1: yeah i don't know i mean like it's hard to think of something when you're not when you're not prompted on on uh (laughs) uh, what we've been talking about Um, yeah
0: i kind of kind of put you on the spot there but i feel like with a lot of our episodes it's always just like we hit the stop button recording and then we just have these conversations at the end and we're always like shoot we should have recorded that but i don't yeah, know like I, you know I mean, oh go ahead. for
1: it go for it well i just was i just was saying i i think you know i mean i think what you guys are doing is awesome i mean i think i think there is a, 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 a it, it is when you come from a place like north dakota i think it, it's like you always um my wife and my kids make fun of me because you know like inevitably we, we could be a, in a mall in the middle of nowhere and we'll run into somebody that's from North Dakota, but we don't know each other, but we know somebody that they know and they, you know, yeah. it's like yeah. that connection. Um, and it's kind of how the running world is, right? I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's a pretty small world. And then, um, you know, when you, uh, when, when you really boil it down, I, I think it's, it's an interesting um, dynamic and it's, it, it's great to see what you guys are doing. Cause I, I think, you know, it's like anytime, you know, anytime we're uh, on the road and, you know, I see somebody that's from North Dakota and they're competing at a different school. I'm always you know, deep down there. So I hope they run really well because you know they're from North Dakota. But, um, yeah. I'm trying to think of anything else that, that, that would be
0: interesting. I probably don't have any more interesting. I've probably used them, used them all up. Well then maybe just leave it with this for all the listeners that are, you know, high school kids or college kids, you obviously have a good connection with that age group, but, just like, what advice would you give to somebody that's listening right now that hears your story and wants to be North Dakota's next sub four miler?
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's, it, it's, you know, I, I don't think I ever, um, I think the one thing that, I, that, that, uh, you know, I try and impart with, with, with our, with our athletes is, um, you know, come to practice every day, you, you know, at, the, at division one level, you know, we're trying to, to reach a you know it's a, it, it can be a little intense and we're trying to do things at, at a high level but you know coming to practice should should be fun and it, it, it should be the best part of your day and if it's not like you know we have you know um with my family at home here you know, we always at dinner we always say "What's what's the what's the favorite part what was the best part of your day and you know my wife and I it's like you know nine times out of ten it's well, my run today, you know, so, it's, yeah. you know, part of the reason I live in Boise is because I can run on a different trail every day, and yeah. um, I, I, I I still love going for a run, you know, I, I, I you know, I still work out pretty hard once a week, and I run long once a week, and I lift twice a week, and I, you know, I still run every day, and um, it's it's still an important part of what I do, and, and who I am, and I think, um, I think that's where we kind of all started, right, we all started because, we were either really good at it or we thought we were good at it and we thought we could be good at it. Um, but we enjoyed doing it. And I think, um, you know, I, I, I was really fortunate that, uh, you know, one of the things that, and I was really mad at him when he told me this. Um, but, uh, and I'm, I'm seeing it now with my own son and my my daughters as they start running, um, and they're going through their own, you know, their own path and, and, and figuring out, you know, why they're doing it and, and how they're doing it. And, but I remember, you know, really early on in my, you know, my freshman year in high school, I was pretty fortunate because we had a pretty good team. And I really, like, I would just follow along at practice. I didn't have to think about anything. Like coach would be talking about splits and like you this chart, you need to look at this, and just like that. I would just like, that's just too complicated. I'm just going to follow him. He's better than I am. I'm just going to go with him. Yeah. So, and that would really irritate Clint because he would be like, he'd be very specific about things and, and I was like, well, no, I'm just going to follow him because he's better than I am. And if I run with him, then that was my logic. And, but then we get to the race and I would be the number one guy. And so Clint made a point made a point one day at practice and he, he was like, he's like, well, Corey's got to lead practice today. Why? I had no idea what I was doing. Like I think I couldn't lead practice because I, I had never looked at the split sheet. I didn't know what I was doing. So, but he told me at one point in my career, pretty young, I was probably a, probably a sophomore. And I was bitching about not having anybody to run with. And he just looked at me and he didn't hesitate at all. He just looked at me, looked me in the eyes and he goes, Corey, he's like, how good do you want to be? And I was like, you know, let not no 16 year old. I want to be really good. You know? And he goes, then you better get used to running by yourself. And that always kind of stuck with me because it was like, he's got a point. I mean, it really, it makes me mad now. Because I want to go run with my friends, or I want to run, you know. I, but he's right. Like if I want to be really good, I'm gonna to have to get used to running by myself. And I, I think that that. I mean, I, my my wife makes fun of me because I'm completely fine going out and running by myself now. So like mm-hmm. I can. I mean, I, I enjoy company every now and again, but I really like running by myself. And I don't know if, if Clint force me into liking to run with myself yes. or if it's just you know so but i think i'm not answering your question very well i i think i think if i could go back and do things over again i would um and i think i did a good job of this i i think i would enjoy the process of, of just going off a run like enjoy the beauty around you enjoy the fact that it makes you feel better and you're a better person after you get done doing it um that process of it i think uh, is really important. Um, and then it's, it's, th- there's no magic. There's no magic, pill. There's no magic workout. There's no magic. Mm-hmm. It's just the consistency. And if, and if I could go back and tell my 19 20 year old self that don't worry about how fast you're running or what you're doing, just, just go run and and get it done each day. And, um, you know, we, the young man that we had here at Boise State that ran 1338 over weekend. Um, you know, like, he ran 13.58, like, you know, less than three or four months ago. And he was all out Like, it was like a, he couldn't have run second faster than 13.58. And he is just, he just comes to practice. He, he doesn't push anything too hard. He just, usually he's at the, the back of things getting dropped. And you're like, what, what are you doing? And like, but he's just Mr. Consistent. And um, it's just, you know, when you can start to, uh, there's nothing more valuable as a coach than when you have somebody like that, that, that has a big breakthrough and they're doing things the way they should be doing it. I can tell them it's all blue in the face. It doesn't matter, but if they see a teammate do it. And they're like, man, he's just like me. And now he's doing that. And he, like they start to put two and two together. And, and that was the magic about, you know, when we were at Iowa state with, with Lisa, like once Lisa decided she was going to be as good as she was going to be, it just it flipped the switch for everybody else because everybody else saw her not too you know long before that it's just she was just a 1650 girl and now she's breaking collegiate records and they saw that transformation and i think that's um you know i got off on tangent there but like just just that day-to-day just just you know I, i think that i think sometimes as high school athletes um it's you know there's certain athletes that are just gifted and and just take to it right away but I, that wasn't me like um if I didn't have Clint as my coach there's no way I'm a national champion at the end of my high school career there's no way mm-hmm. um yeah because I wasn't even the best seventh grader like it, there's just it's and you just I don't I don't think anybody knows how talented they really are until you get a couple of years of of, a pretty good training and, and then you have a little bit better of an idea. So I think it's running as a sport that you can, you know, maybe not be great at your first fall, but if you keep at it, have a good summer, you, you know, you can start to turn the corner. And I think that's, I think that's why we all fell in love with it is because we could, we, we, we see that happen so much and we, we, we felt that ourselves. So, um, I think that's something that's, that's pretty important.
0: Yeah. No, that's such good advice. Yeah, sometimes, like you said earlier, less is more, but also it's not like the big sexy workouts. It's not like one magic thing. It's just like showing up, getting out the door every day, putting in the time, and and like good things are going to happen. And it seems like good
1: free throw shooters, right? Good free throw shooters are good free throw shooters because they shoot free throws, right? (laughs) You know, you just got to go out and run every day. It's not that complicated. (laughs) Yeah.
2: But it is. It is complicated, but yeah, for sure. Corey, thank you so much for coming on and talking with us tonight. Um, I have one, um, one, one more question. Do you ever see Nick Simmons in Boise? Uh,
1: you know, I, I know his high school coach his, his high school coach really really well. Um, uh, but no, I never. Uh, well, I don't think I've ever. Like, like, I don't think I have actually. So yeah,
2: I don't. I don't think you come. Yeah, no, I don't think he actually, I didn't, I, I didn't think you would, but I, I figured if there was one story and I didn't ask, it would be, you know, it'd be a missed opportunity, but no, I mean, he's all, he's all in, in on the YouTube thing now. So he's, yeah, he's got a huge following. So it's, it's, it's,
1: it's yeah. interesting. And it, I, well, I do have a Nick Simmons story though. If you want to, I, this is, not, yeah, I'm not, yeah. I'm not happy to to claim this, but uh, when I was there, uh, when I was there, I was doing some of the recruiting, and um, Walt gave me this file, and he's like, "Go, you know, go call this kid, Nick Simmons." So I called Nick Simmons, and you know, I think I talked to him a couple times, no more than a couple times or whatever. And uh, you know, I went back to Walt. You know, great kid, whatever, blah 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 blah. Uh, He's like, "Well, what do you think we should offer him?" And I'm like, "Well," and I can't remember how the conversation went, but. Long story short, we offered him like ten percent or something, some some minuscule number. Yeah, and obviously he didn't go for it. And you know, that was that was my first judge of talent. There was not, it's not real good. So, but I, I think he went to the right school anyway. He was a pretty smart kid. Willamette was probably a good fit. Yeah, it probably. It it worked out all right for him. So
0: now, he now here's right. here's a Nick Simmons story. Like not even a story, but like a North Dakota connection. So one of the things he does on his YouTube channel is like his goals. And like one of his long-term goals that he always shares is he wants to like get to the highest point in every state. And he has not crossed off North Dakota yet. So maybe what if we did like a Prairie track and field, Boise state, Nick Simmons, (laughs) YouTube channel collab. And the four of us climb white. (laughs) (laughs) We all climb white butte. White butte. Oh, yeah. Where is yeah,
1: Whiteview White at? I, I I'm where is Whiteview at? I don't even know the highest point. I think it's, it's like
0: south of Dickinson.
2: Huh. Yeah, it, I think like, it might be a little more central than that. It's further east than than that, but it's like it. I, I think I've gone to try and climb it, but it's on like private land, and the people who own it now are like really stingy about it they like won't let people on the like you used to be able to just like go and like pitch a tent like anywhere in the field basically it's just like a field you know like Mm -hmm. most of north dakota but yeah
0: it looks like i just pulled it up on the map it's just north of bowman so
2: oh okay and then
0: then we'll go for a run in the the running capital of the world so yeah
2: yeah Yeah. cross-country capital cross-country capital of the world there we
0: go (laughs) yeah Um, well, Corey, like Cam said, thank you so much for coming on, sharing your wisdom, yeah, thanks for uh, just sharing your time with us. And it's so great to kick this legend series off with a true legend. So thank you so much. Uh, appreciate it. Yeah. And we'll get you on when Hunter breaks four minutes in the mile. Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely.